0: Hey there, this is John Layman. I write Chew, and you are listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast.
1: Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Coming to from the screaming cliffs of madness, where the sea bellows across the mountainside with a terrible crashing sound. And there's a tunnel that makes a whooping sound as the water splays against us as if dead bodies are piling up. We have the madness of Mike. Hello. The creeping fog of Craig.
2: We can't stop here. This is
1: Bat Country the rambling skeletal sounds of bones from ross hello the eerie cry in the
0: night there may be a
1: werewolf but maybe cbs
0: i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be more techno sounds from ross and the foul
1: creature known only as a ghoul that eats the flesh of the living and the dead rob hi
0: <laughs> all right, that's Rob. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, all right. So today, um, it's gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna breeze through a few, uh, a few, a few books, probably five, probably. And Don't then, go uh, figure. And then uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about Denver Comic Con, and uh, we've got a whole bunch of interviews that are gonna come up in the next batch of shows that we're doing. Um, I'll run through a list of those uh, here before we get to the interview. I guess I think the one we're doing today, uh, is Derek uh, for for Delfs for Delph? for Delves? Somebody help me with the name there. Fried Derek Delphs. Friedolfs. Friedofs. Okay. Let's start with uh, Ross. Ross and the dog pile. <laughs> <laughs> what does the internet say, Ross? Uh, you have a lot of.
3: Crazy things this week that I just remembered on the spot right before we started. That That's what I like. Um, the first one, we kind of talked about this earlier, and Craig would know more about it, but uh, they announced a special edition Transformers Dinobots box set coming out at Comic-Con this year. Looks awesome.
0: I think that's keys for you to say something, Craig.
2: It looks awesome.
0: You son of a...
2: The box is a playset I guess the box uh, folds up into a arc In the middle of the volcano Pretty cool And so, a base
1: Are these going to be the original figures remade? Or...
2: Nah, it's going to be uh, the new mold Dinobots, I guess But in G1 colors hmm. So, lots of golds and reds I wonder Looks if they're...
1: Pretty badass yeah, I liked them a lot are they going to do the chromium metal on them?
2: Yeah, they're going to be chrome too. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty sweet.
1: Did you see the box transforms? The
2: box transforms. Why shouldn't it transform?
3: It's almost as cool as my uh, Voltron I got a couple years ago. The Voltron has the box that plays the whole opening sequence. Oh, right, yeah, show. yeah. Okay, I remember that. That it's is,
1: is kind of hard to beat, actually. That was a pretty, it's
3: pretty good. Awesome.
1: <laughs> he has a whole. the whole song in there. Yeah. yeah. I think the only thing that was crazier than that was uh, what they had the uh, swim trunks Batman on a surfboard that
0: would move. The dancing one, yes. oh, the that well, S. Last awesome. year they had uh yeah dancing Adam West. Uh, oh, the
4: Bat-toosies, The they one. Yeah.
0: Oh.
2: Why didn't anybody tell me that was the Batuzy Batman?
0: Oh, we we figured everybody that was in the know knew. <laughs> Well, you were wrong.
1: <laughs> you were so wrong. Terribly expensive, though. <laughs> I can Imagine. It's all right. Good stuff. Yep. I Got one of those.
3: That's what so, I like. uh, what else? Oh, I was talking about Powerpuff Girls movie earlier. Right. Because they announced that the little Powerpuff Girls short they showed a while back. The, the one with the, the, the new style. Yeah. yeah was a test to see if they could do a new series, and they're going to start a new series in 2016.
0: So you're saying somehow that they passed whatever test they set for themselves, and then in two more years they're going to throw up some more Powerpuff Girls?
3: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's a little bit more action-y than this last one was. but
0: Yeah, it wasn't bad, but there's no... You know, the, t- the punching, lasers, there wasn't a whole lot of... Uh, Destruction, which def- is normal for them.
3: Yeah, they definitely didn't have the. They rip off the tooth of the monster and shove it through the monster and, like, rip off its arm afterwards and light it on fire type thing going. So,
0: what you're trying to say is there wasn't enough bloody death in no, there?
3: No, not not really. That's what, oh. that's what makes Powerpuff awesome.
1: It's <clears throat> mm. very true. Yeah, they kind of cheated and put on the weird candy breath.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, weird. That
1: was weird. Candy breath. So, that,
3: that should be cool. Um,. We did have some kind of sad news this week. What's that? Uh, apparently on Father's Day, so last Sunday, uh, Casey Kasem died.
1: Oh, really? I mm-hmm. hadn't heard that. Yeah. I heard that either. That's yeah, funny. it was really
3: weird, too, because not too long ago, he has dementia really bad, and apparently yeah. he just like went missing. And I never even heard he was found or brought back. But apparently he was found and brought back and then just had a... Health issues and passed away from him.
0: Yeah, there's some weirdness going on in there with that. Like, apparently at one point his wife had him, and the kids didn't want the wife to have him, and uh, there was a whole thing about it for about a week. And it, it, yeah, just weird. I'm not entirely sure who's who's it right, and who's it wrong for that because both sides seem to want the best for him, but neither side wanted him to be with either group. Yeah.
2: So right, there was some family drama on there yeah. that was going on and sounded pretty ugly.
0: That doesn't help at all. No. But yeah, uh, yeah. There was a post, picture posted on uh, Facebook the other day with uh, Scooby Doo in the like a gravestone. Yeah. Shaggy, sad. It's Which is weird. strange because he was the voice of Shaggy. No, that's the point was yeah. Scooby-Doo with the, with the, the shaggy, man. the gravestones of Shaggy Shaggy elements. Oh, I see. Like <laughs> Scooby-Doo looks sad. Right. Scooby-Doo looks sad. Right. That makes better sense.
3: I'm glad that, well, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but I'm glad they were kind of smart with Shaggy, too. Because Casey Kasem's voiced him for forever. Like right. Since he voiced him, he's pretty much been the voice of Shaggy and everything ever since.
1: Yeah.
3: Until, like, a couple years ago when they started having the guy... Uh, Matthew Willard that played mm-hmm. Shaggy in the live action and start voicing him in the cartoons. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and so right. they kind of switched that in, but you know, it's not quite the same with album.
2: He sounds alright as Shaggy though. Yeah, he he sounds, he's not bad. Right. Yeah, he's believable Shaggy. He does a Shaggy.
3: good sound-alike.
2: Not a perfect sound-alike, but a good sound-alike.
3: Right. Re- reading that actually reminded me of that uh, Scooby-Doo team-up I read a little while back with uh, Oh, with Batman? The Teen Titans Go one, actually. Oh, right, okay. Where Daphne says something about how this Robin doesn't sound like Shaggy anymore. <laughs> right. an awesome thing. And then the awesome happy news, kind of. Okay. They announced uh, Jason Momoa is supposedly playing Aquaman in the Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice movie. That was a whole lot of words coming out of your mouth. Yeah, I almost forgot him in the middle
1: of saying him. How does that fit fit on a poster?
3: <laughs> well, a we, try not,
1: we try not to have Momoa on the poster. <laughs> come on.
3: Come on. Yeah. Awesome. They have the poster and they have all of them on it. it be-, be a Justice League poster, right? Yep. Weird. Well, so far they've cast Wonder Woman and Cyborgs, and now if this is Aquaman, then really all you have is... Green Lantern and Flash yeah, and if yeah. you want to do a Martian Manhunter which would be awesome but uh, from this guy's comments on
1: Martian Manhunter I don't see it as as it's happening yeah that's unfortunate but he's probably the hardest sell I think anyways mm. and I guess if you're going to have Cyborg he kind of fills that slot for uh, yeah a little bit From for Martian Manhunter I, I've been glad that they haven't used him in that regard that was my biggest fear for the Justice League was that cyborg would just become the taxi
3: yeah yeah no i think they fill two different roles and you could have both of
1: them but oh yeah you could mm. you could uh, unfortunately you know i mean they already pile on a lot in this film so yeah you no see. that's for sure nice
0: pretty sure mr t's in taxi isn't he yeah
1: i, I don't take dc now. cab
0: he oh was DC, in cab. dc cab my, my bad <laughs> dc
2: cab should he have been in taxi Yes. Yes, he should have.
0: That <laughs> just was a TV show. Sounds true. Danny DeVito, like a locker guy.
2: And Danny DeVito could ride Mr. T like Master Blaster. Wouldn't that be freaking awesome?
0: As the, pe- <laughs>
4: as the penguin.
0: That would be great. Well, maybe not the As the Penguin part, but the, if it was him riding the, like, the Master Blaster, that would be, that'd be freaking awesome. Who
2: yeah. runs Taxi Town?
0: <laughs> awesome.
3: Speaking of Danny DeVito as the Penguin, huh. this isn't really news. I think it's probably been around for a while now, but they uncovered when Tim Burton was first hired to work for Disney, he, he made a Hansel and Gretel like, special that they aired on Halloween, and it's never been shown since then. And it was one of the first things that Tim Burton did. And it's funny because it has, like, uh, the penguin's duck boat car thing.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. As,
3: like, a toy, and it's got, the, I want to say, the snake, like the Beetlejuice snake, as something in it, too. It's just, like, background stuff. Weird. Hmm. Yeah, so those are things that he was, like, thinking about way before those movies and
2: well that makes sense since he never
0: reads a comic book right no, that's what we've been told mm-hmm. that's what we've been told <laughs> batman who is this batman? Who is batman have you seen my hair I'm like, hey, yeah it doesn't instill faith in me at all is where's, he a, your, where's your crazy sister at is he a bat that believes he's a man
2: <laughs> hangs out in churches
3: Something, man very gothic. Well, for not reading the comic he did a pretty good job on uh, oh God. Batman again
0: <laughs> so. we, we do prefer the old Tim Burton movies to the Schumacher movies simply because the Schumacher movies were supposed to connect to 66 Batman not to the Tim Burton Batman movies with nipples sometimes you gotta have them Craig I, okay, I, I, agree
1: with, I would agree with both those
0: statements Yes. About the nipples <laughs> and about the connection, right? Yes. Okay, I was lost for uh, seven there.
2: I'm not disputing that it was supposed to be a tie to 66, Batman.
0: Okay. All right. As long as you're clear on I that was just, point. I was just... You just got to bring up the nipples all like, the time.
2: How, how can I not? <laughs> I, they're geez. just there.
1: Right,
0: And they're. And you're supposed to just ignore them.
1: Right? I can't.
0: And, and bad, girl like,
1: was, uh, bad Girl was awesome in that. That's probably the closest we'll ever get to Robin.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. quite true Which know. is which is
1: kind of sad But, you know
0: Well, it happens huh. I guess Chris O'Donnell you Now he's on the NCIS the I guess Los now
1: we, we might actually be able to pull Chris O'Donnell out And dust him off And he can be Nightwing If he's mm-hmm. not, like, totally ruined
0: Yeah, he's, he's on that other That, that show with LL Cool J, man That's awesome Okay
1: So <laughs> people sure. will be like Hey, he was Robin Now he's Nightwing Right on. Oh, hey. The legacy has been uh, fulfilled. um, It's been a
2: few years. They could have forgotten that uh, he was connected to that Robin. Oh, he's a new character. He's Nightwing.
3: (laughs) I was going to say, I think a good portion of the people that are going to be super excited about this movie probably haven't even seen the old ones to know that he was Robin before. That's, that's a good point. Or to know that connection even is there, Robin to Nightwing.
1: You might be surprised. There's some people that are still trying to connect every like Bat film ever made, hmm. and they're like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> 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 Clearly, here Joker fell in acid, and here he's some guy wearing makeup. I don't get it. What's happening? <laughs> and like, you, you have to kind of like untangle them like phone wires, and then they just like, I d- no. <laughs> this is actually batman 8 and it's like no <laughs> you
3: know it's funny that you mentioned that because i remember reading an interview with grant morrison way back and that was like one of his goals was to tie everything batman related that's how he viewed batman was he was campy at the start and then had the 88 batman movie and then uh so it's grant morrison's fault yes mm everything is.
1: <laughs> well, I can't say everything. I mean, he's, he's got some strange opinions, you know, but sometimes he's fantastic. He usually, I mean, he
3: usually made it work in his defense, like, but it, it is really weird to think that that's how he, how he pictures things.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't want to let things
1: go, you know?
4: Well, read Happy and you'll understand how he perceives things. Hmm, that's a messed up Christmas story. he's, he's yeah, he's, he's, Something's wrong with him. <laughs> well,
2: he is a wizard. I'll, I'll give you that too, also. Maybe maybe it does work, and we, we're the ones who aren't. Serious. I
1: think you're thinking Alan Moore. No, no. Oh, they're both wizards. They're both. Oh. The,
0: you, the wizard versus warlock. Uh-huh. Warlock, more. Alan, Alan Moore is more of a wizard, because he's got the crazy wizard beard and the mm-hmm. homeless man look to him. We <laughs> got Grant Morris, who's more of a warlock, because he wears like a black trench coat everywhere he goes, and black sleeve shirts ball, even and he's in bald. all summer.
4: He's got a bald head.
2: They're both yeah. the Dark Masters,
0: right?
1: But what
4: about Frank Miller?
0: Right. He's a
1: conspiracy
2: theorist. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> yeah he, he might be
1: a wizard also. Is he? Oh, he does have a hat. I think Frank uh, Miller just wants to be Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> That's my <laughs> shadow. Well, he could be. Warrior. That makes sense too. He could be the shadow as well. I think he wants to be the shadow. That makes mm. better sense is than my interpretation. Potential?
0: It's the same thing Grant Moore. The two of them go out in the day during the, in the, in the, in the. They're both wearing black trench coats. You swear they're vampires. But neither Ooh. one of them are yeah, So you're not. telling me his comics are run by magic? Which one? All of them. Yes.
3: The
2: Shadow is not a Dracula.
0: No, the Shadow The is not a Dracula. That's Frank right. is probably a Dracula, but <laughs> the Shadow's not. Okay. <laughs> a vampire. <laughs> a Dracula. A Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> He's right the first time. I'm not saying they didn't write good things at one point, okay? That's not what I'm saying. Oh, wow. I'm just saying the Frank Miller shouldn't direct movies.
3: Seeing <laughs> their dark magic nope. overtook that's their cool. minds at one point.
0: You know, Ross, when you're living on an island that's Scotland, <laughs> then yes. <laughs> it it so is. It's all Scottish people. I wouldn't say all. Not all of them are over there casting spells and crap.
2: Mm. But they're highly influenced. What, what, wait, whoa! They're what you, what they're mean? next to the fair folk, you know. What do you mean, all yeah. Scottish people?
3: Oh, what He's saying that if they live on Scotland, then they they're go crazy by island. dark magic?
4: Yeah, Scotland's not I've well. Got some Scottish. I got me I, I don't no dark magic. Well, not enough Scottish, I guess. Well, I don't live on the
2: island. Yeah, you exactly. don't live on the island, and apparently you don't have enough Scottish. And I don't in have it. a long
4: black coat and a bald head. I, mean, I
0: don't think you have to be bald. I mean, I don't think Frank's bald, is he? I know Alan Moore isn't. God, man, no man, hat had to have some style to him. Have you seen him? He <laughs> looks like Hagrid.
4: He might be the man thing. He could be. <laughs> or swamp thing.
0: He could be. He, he could be.
1: Could be either as far as that goes. We're
0: all going to get cursed, so stop. <laughs> yes. Just Stop. <laughs> Shadow's going to kick in the door, and I'll be like, I'm sorry, Shadow. He's like, I'm mm-hmm. Frank Miller. Did you watch Robocop 3? And I'm like, I did. And he's like, whoa. I don't know <laughs> I'm if I you or not. Because you're yeah. like the only person. I'm I like, like, no, how we were, all watched it.
4: I
3: like to think that they were all fighting each other, too. in some crazy wizard battle, and they all just stopped when we started saying that. <laughs> throw stuff, them in uh,
4: the ooh. ring. Throw <laughs> them in the ring and let them have a battle royal and see what happens. <laughs> only we
2: can unite the three. <laughs> who,
0: would, who would win? Yeah.
2: We are the one that, in the darkness, I'm finds
0: I'm thinking maybe
4: Frank them. Miller. I,
0: I have a feeling it all just merged together. I mean, <laughs> of, of the group. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Frank's, we've all got certain aspects that are, I mean, they're locked in a room by themselves, and there's no other way to get out, and they were not allowed to cast magic, I guess. I, I don't know which one's got more bloodthirst in him, but...
4: Grant Morrison, that's like clearly we're the winner. Read happy, you clearly we're the winner. Yes, I right. mean if you've read happy, uh, uh, they're, all, they're
0: all twisted, man. It's, oh, he's, it's he's more a matter of like which yeah. one would eat the other one first. Mm. Uh, that, have more. you seen Ellen Moore? Remember mm. what I said about Hagrid? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just
4: just saying. And he is a little pissed off always, all the time. Always. Yeah. Always.
0: Always. Like, hey, you want your characters back? Yeah, you want a lot of money? He's like, I hate money. I hate <laughs> my characters. I'm gonna live on this island. <laughs> Look at my crazy beard. Comic books are for children. Sure that's a blue dong running around, that's okay.
3: I have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: want to write. I want to write Victorian age porn. Which is creepy and weird. That's for kids. Hey, well, you know. Now it's creepy for sure. I don't understand. People don't understand my vision.
0: Yeah, it's true. (laughs) true. (laughs) I'm going to put the brakes on for a second because when you bring the kids into it's a problem Mr. T doesn't like when you bring the kids in. Hmm. I don't want to piss off Mr. T.
4: Sorry, Mr. T. He may may have been born in the darkness. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, he he, him he, him he may have been molded by it. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Let's
2: not get that started. I don't, <laughs> don't want to make no tea cry.
0: Right. I, I don't problem.
2: want the tea to pity us.
0: No, I don't, I don't want him to pity us Doesn't daughter. he just pity everyone, I'm pretty sure? Why he he only pities fools. fools. Haven't you ever heard well, him? I don't know, think
3: we're going to make the cut. Mm.
0: Do you think he's going to pity us because we're fools, though? Yes, well? yes. Thanks, Ross. He could he could play
4: side work. Ross? No. no, Mr. T. No, maybe. I would
2: pay
1: to see that. I it, would too. It would be a little tricky for Mr. T to be like, "Yeah, I'm a college football grad." <laughs> <laughs> what are
0: you trying to say, Rob?
1: <laughs> I'm very young. I'm the youngest member of the Justice League. I'm young in spirit. Well, maybe. I pity the fool you know that doesn't believe that I'm a college football player. You can go to college whenever you feel like it. So I, I'm sure that you still could go onto the field at any age. What was that
4: last show he had where he went around to all the different businesses and helped them straighten them out? I pity the fool. You sh- you spend too much time in the bathroom. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I got to get there fast.
0: That's true because he's trying to fix things and make them better. And he oh, did. Yeah
4: taught him how to sell cars he much, him, yeah. crawled in a trunk
0: i don't i don't remember that part but i remember him wearing a lot of jumpsuits and i remember him getting work done yeah and that was it, was it was fantastic anyway i'd watch that show some more
1: yeah i just i just don't see him being cyborg cyborg he yeah can, i can't he, really see he could maybe be, be his dad honest. though yeah maybe i pitted a fool who doesn't believe in cyborgs Composing parts. Well, maybe he
2: was. Maybe Sights. in this one, he's a
0: football coach. Not too small a part. Okay, again um, with the brakes. Yeah. So, out uh, right. out of. Out I'm of just to trying to help out. T. am no, no, trying no, to get him some work. No. Not that. Not that I don't want the man to be busy. Because that's not what the case. Uh, anyway, Ross. Any more news from the internet? That's pretty much it. So what you got is Jason Momoa. Yep. Conan it up. Yep. Aquaman it up. Perfect sense for Aquaman. <clears throat> it makes perfect sense. What's the name of that girl from the other Game of Thrones thing? Where he's got the, with the with hair and the... I always get distracted when which, she's
2: there. Uh, which Game of Thrones girl? Oh, Cal-
0: Cal-Roga? <laughs> so, yeah. Cal- Cal-Roga? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drago's... Drago's... Uh, oh, you mean dragons. Daenerys. Yeah. Daenerys. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Will, will he look
1: weird with blonde hair, though? I think so.
3: He like, might hmm. a little bit, but it wouldn't totally surprise me, too, if they just don't give him blonde hair. Oh, either.
1: but that's, <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, I guess Constantine was Keanu Reeves, so... Yeah, I, don't think
3: I, I think this guy's proved pretty much that he doesn't care about anything, really. Well, I'm, I'm, surprised,
1: <laughs> I'm surprised he's running the boat, but I guess whatever, you know, good luck, DC. <laughs> Thumbs up. Yeah.
4: This is really their last shot at you know.
1: Well, I mean, it's never going to be their last shot.
4: No. To catch up. That's what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah. And, like, I'm sure I've said this a million times. I don't don't think they have to do it like Marvel. But, man, Marvel did a pretty darn good job. It's kind of hard to not copy their style. But whatever, you know. Why not put everybody in the second movie of Superman, Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I guess at least it's different. We're not trying to do the exact same thing. That's true. You know? Maybe what they'll do is they'll surprise us all, and it'll be a lighthearted drama about oh, relationships.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> Batman sixty six. At <laughs> the end
3: that fly with his the friend backward and didn't Superman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Stupid. <laughs> like, you remember the old Superman movie? We're going to do that again. (laughs) Only it's going to make you forget this movie existed. You're never going to believe this. I thought that Lois didn't love me, and so I just went out with like 50 random women. (laughs) 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 And I found out she was just mad that I wasn't happy about her new job. I got to change things. What do you think? (laughs) Like Kryptonian kiss Batman? (laughs) I was like, not on me. You're going to probably... You're probably gonna have to wind back can, time to fix this problem. I can,
2: I can see it now. Every time he asks Lois out, she says no. He rewinds, <laughs> winds the Earth, tries a different tack. It's like 51st dates, but with Superman.
0: And not Adam you, don't the, you don't get the plan movies, Craig. <laughs>
2: oh, no more. Hell, that would sell like uh, <laughs> like just, insanity itself. Just for
1: the heck of it, he'll destroy. Metropolis again, too.
0: Well, of course, how can you not destroy Metropolis? He just flies a little bit well, too he's... low
3: every time he gets to Metropolis and <laughs>
2: takes
1: out a building each time.
2: Well, he's me... resetting the time anyway, so why shouldn't he destroy Metropolis? It doesn't count. You got to enjoy yourself, when you can Rob.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll. uh You know that that'll be how he impresses Lois. You know he'll he'll take the uh, the old Anakin route and just wipe out metropolis <laughs> and be like i did it for you genocide gets women buttery all.
0: i hate children she's like i'm pregnant He's like, oh k- my god
1: <laughs> i visual. killed everyone even the children
2: oh anakin oh.
1: wow okay i got really <laughs> off topic really bad right fill me with your seed you
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man. Wow, you know what the best part is? That it was really quiet when that happened, so you just cut it out.
0: Yeah.
4: Blame all of this on, on con lag. Yeah,
1: well, this is true. Well, I'll give you, that's,
0: that's why the show's going to be a little different than normal, simply because it's, yeah, we're all kind of still tired from that whole thing. It's like a week and a half of planning and a week of running, and I don't know, it's good times, though. Anyway, um, all right, so...
4: Oh, well, one last thing. That that cargo van was awesome. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. Rides all right. Gets things done. Yeah. Go on. was an interesting drive. So uh, do we want to go through a list of... uh, Rob, tell us us a story about a book. I want to hear about uh, DC Comics Presents, number 17, Arsenal.
1: Okay. It's actually a fantastic book. Um, It's kind of just set off on its own side, but um, we have Arsenal who hears about uh, Triad Group kidnapping uh, Killer Croc and taking him to China and using him as an enforcer and so he decides to bail over to China to go save his friend Killer Croc. Which if you've been reading Red Hood and the Outlaws series, you know that Killer Croc basically saved Arsenal's life because he was uh, he was at the, the end. He wanted, to, he wanted to die, and he decided he was going to basically have himself beaten to death by Croc. And Killer Croc, strangely enough, was like, I'm not going to be your tool to kill you, man. And he winds up actually saving his life in a way and like helping him get straight. So, it's, it, yeah, they have a, an interesting relationship in the new
5: 52.
1: Uh, really cool things that happen in this story is, like, we begin it with Arsenal already captured, and we're kind of always going into his mind, and we're learning, like, that Arsenal's not all about arrows, and that he can do all sorts of things with different equipment, and the big thing is, like, people always think Arsenal's stupid. And he's really actually very smart. But, uh... He pretty much lifts a, a coin off of one of the triad members and uses that to escape from his handcuffs. And once he breaks out, he finds a toolbox, and he just starts, like, killing the heck of all these triad members with a toolbox and, like, stabbing them with screwdrivers. and it, Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. And honestly, like, one of the coolest parts for me was that they start off translating everything that's said in Chinese, and it says, like, You know, translated from Chinese, and then about halfway through it, Roy takes over translating in Chinese, and so it's, like, just loosely translated in Chinese. The guy's Mm, like, oh, something derogatory about Roy that'll make him feel bad, is what he's (laughs) saying. And then he's, like, running down the hall, and he's like, oh, expletives, open the door because I'm going to die, you know? (laughs) So, like, the dialogue just keeps, like, going kind of downhill in the Chinese, um, in the end, we went finding out that it's a whole different guy. It's like this thing called Fang Fang. Yeah. That just looks an awful lot like Killer Croc. But he winds mm. up saving them, anyways, and like, brings down this whole triad group. And he's basically like, Yeah, well, I don't usually come to China because uh, dealing with the triad is kind of a pain in the ass. But if you're ever over in the US, you know, I can help you out. And, like, he's got all these things. It, it's mostly told from Roy's point of view, and so there's a lot of, like, really cool introspection about it. And, like, a lot of these just weird things that he gets stuck on, like that Jason owes him 12 bucks, and, like, Jason's got to pay. And so by the That's time awesome. he gets back and he finally meets with him, like, he actually lifts Jason's wallet and, like, takes his 12 bucks. And, like
3: That's awesome.
1: You know, like, it's, it's in great great issue, and DC Presents was actually really neat in in the idea that it could do that. It could focus on a character for one issue, and, like, yeah, okay, Arsenal series may not work for a full long series, but, like, for one book, it was fantastic.
3: Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm really kind of sad that that series is gone, because it was kind of cool to get random one-shot character issues and see what they were like I mean, characters that you normally wouldn't see having their own series.
0: Well, right, <laughs> and the thing that was cool about it having it be like a a random select type book or a, a display book, presents book, that's what it is, presents book. Um, like they did that run, oh gosh, it was like four issues. It was uh,
4: Black Lightning and uh, Blue, Blue Devil. Devil. Yeah, yeah, that, it was, pretty that good. was really cool. They, they were,
0: were, what was the the, the 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 guy that came in list forever, what's his name? Vandal, oh, Savage. Vandal Savage. Savage, yeah. Vandal Savage's little series was cool too. That was like a four-part, but it was very like science to lambs. It was pretty. It was cool. Like I, I book-wise, they did some really cool stuff in there. Yeah.
1: Kid Flash was fantastic. Uh, they probably should have waited to try to do Challenger. I think that's Challenges the one that, the Unknown. I think yeah. that's the one that snagged him up. Unfortunately, that's true. Challengers. But uh, other than that, yeah, it was a great series. And even the Challengers of the Unknown wasn't bad. It just. This character no yeah. one knows at
0: all. Yeah. Not anymore, at least. Anyway, um, I, I don't know if everybody's read that book or not, but as far I, I remember reading the Arsenal book. And, yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, I remember it. was really cool. It really cool. Do we want to try to do a scoring thing? Because I don't think everybody's read the stuff we're going over today. I mean, Rob, would you give it a buy it or a leave it?
1: Oh, I'd
3: have bought it, for sure. That would be right. fantastic. I best.
0: agree. I can agree with that, too. I would, too. We'll, we'll go with the buy it or shelve it thing this week. Sounds cool. cool. All right. Uh, Mr. Ross, you want to tell us a little about uh, Batman and the uh, Ransom Ghoul?
3: Yeah. It's kind of funny because last week we did Batman and Frankenstein. Right. this book was almost more of a Batman and Frankenstein book than the last (laughs) book was. Um, You essentially have Batman... Frankenstein, I finally got into the kind of the secret Lazarus pit where Raish has Talia and Damien. And you find out that this Lazarus pit is special because it can actually bring people back to life uh, if they've only been dead about a month, I want to say. Consent. Back from the dead? Yeah, and most Lazarus pits can bring you back from, like, the brink of death, but once you're dead, they can't really do anything.
1: Oh, I always thought it was, like, full death was fine. You uh, throw them in the Lazarus pit.
3: Apparently that's uh, the, the new 52 rules, at least for this one, is once they're fully dead, regular Lazarus pits can't bring them back. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think it used to matter. So, but
4: Well, it just seemed like when...
2: There was the chance that, uh, whatever, you didn't have the uh, genetics for it and you died going into it. But. It just seemed
4: like when Raish would kind of get, you know, get old, he'd, before mm. before anything happened, he'd pop in there and then he'd, mm. yeah. And you also kind
3: of find out in this issue that not only does this Lazarus Pit bring them back to life, but it will bring them back to life with zero memory of their past. Oh. And so, this is actually Ra's plan to get revenge on Batman for taking his grandson and daughter away from him. as he's going to make them his, follow him and him alone and not have any connection to Batman anymore. Wow. Yeah. But and they will have their memories.
4: They won't no. have problems. Oh, they won't have They're their memories.
3: Completely wiped. Slate style. Hmm. And you find out that he's already started, it, it takes... I don't remember the time limit. It takes a while, though, for them to be resurrected. And he's already started on Talia, but he hasn't started on Damien yet. And uh, so, oh, and it also where it takes place and why Frankenstein is kind of important is it takes place where we've been in Justice League Dark. I don't remember exactly where it is. It's somewhere in Tibet. but uh, Oh, the, the Mystic City or whatever. Yeah, the, that disappeared or something. Yeah, like, And that's Kambala? why that...
4: Nanda
0: Parbat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Nanda Parbat,
3: yeah. And that's why that Lazarus pit works the way it does, is because it's been, like, magically sealed off from Uh, the rest uh, of the world. But you get a lot of really cool fights in it with... In the last issue, you had Batman and Frankenstein kind of recruit these monster-type things. Yeah. And so you have this awesome, like, rage and the Man-Bats fighting Batman and Frankenstein and these monsters and... Um, the nice Sasquatch-looking guys? Yeah. And you ultimately have uh, Batman get Damien's coffin, and Frankenstein says he'll hold, he'll hold him off. He'll hold off all of Rage's forces against him. And Batman gets all the way out to his plane, and he says to, Titus is still sitting in the plane, too. And he tells the dog, we're leaving right now. Everyone's going home. And they get in the plane, and Frankenstein's body slams on the front of the plane and like all of Rache's forces are around him and Batman uh, Batman starts to fight Rage and he's like this is you and me and he's like I'm not going to let this go any further I'm going to kill you I'm going to end this right now and you have a crazy thing where Batman's like squeezing his head and right when you think that like it's going to happen you get the last panel and it's a uh, boom like a boom tube opening and it's he says his name is Glorious Godfrey. So I think it's G. Gordon Godfrey. And all these parademons and other things coming. And that's where the issue ends off. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. We knew this was going to have some tie to Apocalypse from there. their previous, the previous stuff. thing. But yeah, it looks super crazy.
0: Crazy. It's good stuff, Ross. Yeah, it was awesome. So Ross, uh... uh Buy it, shove it. I'd definitely buy it. Uh, I I would have to agree with that too. Batman Raw has been fantastic. Just in general. um, As far as books are concerned, I mean, Peter Tomasi's awesome. Pat Gleason's awesome. Uh, We actually got to talk to Pat this weekend too, a little bit in Denver. Yeah. So that was a very cool guy. And as far as like book wise, I mean, their book is pretty top notch. Hmm.
3: Really quick, because we talked to him. Right. Um, One of the things I asked him, or yeah, I think I I asked him it was whose idea was Titus. And Pat said it was his idea to, because he wanted to draw a dog in it. And initially, it was going to be Bruce's dog. And then they decided that Damien and and a dog would work really well. So that was kind of the start of the Damien and his pets thing. (laughs) It's kind of cool to see that that came from the artist. Right. Now, now Titus is like a part of the book. Right. We have him in every issue at this point, so... Yeah, he's a main cast member, actually. It's awesome, because he doesn't really do it. You know, he just hangs out. But it's yeah, you know. awesome.
0: who he does. Yeah, it's a dog. Yep. Dogging it up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. S- silly nonsense. All right, so Ross gives it a buy it. Yeah, I'd, I'd
1: buy it. it. It sounds fantastic. I haven't gotten a chance to read this one yet, but... uh I like that they're bringing in more of the apocalypse side characters, so it'll be interesting to see where that's going to go from here.
0: Mm-hmm. So. All right, well, it's uh, it's kind of a weird cut right there. So, uh, Rob, let's see. Do you want to want to run through the wicked and the divine, or do you want to try and go for the cowl first?
1: We'll do the cowl, why
0: not? All right, so Image Comics, the cowl. Um, I, I read this fairly recently. Um, But the Cal, it's pretty awesome. Like, trying to compare it to something, like, pieces of the story remind me of the original RoboCop movies, how you have the OCP and the government for hire type police force. Um, This is not exactly the same as that, because basically what we have is we have Cal, which is the Chicago, oh man, Chicago Organized Workers League. Is what it stands for. Basically, it's superheroes for hire, and they're being paid by the city of Chicago to basically keep things cleaned up because they got a supervillain problem. So you've got the regular police, and then you have Cowl. And where we're at in the organization is we're kind of far down the road. So like the original members are like upper board member types now, and we've got a fair amount of I guess I'd say younger, not not like kid young, but. Uh, I guess the next wave underneath them, superhero-wise. Style. Yeah, like Nightwing style, yeah, age-wise. And uh, so we, there's a little bit of political nonsense going on because you've got the, uh, the upper-crust types trying to get the city to renew their contract. And the city, at this point, uh, they haven't been able to get the mayor to agree to continue to pay them for doing things. But uh, when we open it up, we open up with... Uh, we're already in motion, and uh, we've got, we're dealing with this guy called uh, Sky Lancer, and he is attempting to kill. Who's he? He's attempting to kill Alderman Lowe? Well, an
2: Alderman is a uh, official at the city level.
0: So I okay, think so that's his title. Person. Okay, that makes sense. But for whatever reason, this Russian assassin is trying to kill him. And he's he's pretty awesome, actually, because he's got these crazy weapons and jetpack and. Yeah, it, it's cool. Like all their names are pretty cool too. Like Sky Lancer, cool name. Who, who writes the book? Um, uh, Kyler Higgins. Gosh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Kyle and Higgins. used to yeah. write.
4: write, write writes, uh, night, he, Nightwing, right? He's he writing Nightwing. Nightwing. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, before the before the last issue. Isn't it?
3: Uh, oh, it's one of the guys that draws Justice League or, or inks it. Is one of the artists on here?
0: Uh, Rod Reese. Yeah, doing art for it. It's pretty crazy, I, mean, I don't know, it's kind of wild art, which is sort of awesome. It's kind of Nuwari, too, like, I don't know, I guess the way the characters are sort of designed is almost, they're not actually 50s, but they're kind of 50s-y, and they all have really, like, they all have really cool names. I mean, as far as, uh, like I said earlier, Skylancer, and then you've got Arclight, who's like their Superman type guy, <laughs> He's a giant egg on his chest, who flies with a cape, so he's pretty much Superman. And then, uh, well, maybe not his abilities, I guess. I don't know, his abilities. Anyway... Um, so does it, it, it seems to have that, uh,
4: from what you're saying, it has that old Chicago, back when the unions and the mobsters yes. were... Well,
0: yeah, at, they're basically yeah. an organized batch of superheroes that have contracted out to the city. At this point, their contract is getting ready to expire, and uh, the upper-crust types of Cal of course, don't want that to happen, and then we have the younger force, like your Nightwing types, that feel like they probably do things anyway. They they probably try to help people regardless of getting paid. Um, the one main the main guy that we find the, who's like your our chief is a guy named Gray. Good, Gray Raven is his name.
4: Mm.
0: Gray Raven is like your. He he's older now, right? There's a kind of cool section in here where. He gets out of a car and he's getting ready to go into the building, and there's all this paparazzi out there. And this little, there's this little kid, and the kid stops him and he, and he he says, "Oh, you you want my autograph, son?" And he's like, "No, pretty much." But I don't think I don't I don't want your autograph. He's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, my dad thinks you're you're a, a selfish asshole." And uh, as it turns out later, of course, his dad is one of the guys that works for, uh, for for the, the Gray Raven. The Gray Raven. So it's like one of the sons of the guys that worked for him that told him that.
4: Hmm.
0: Anyway, uh, I guess that's not the biggest part of the story. It's just like a random piece. <laughs> anyway, uh, during this first battle, we wind up dealing with uh, several other superhero types. We have Recon, and then uh, God, there's, uh, there's two other ones in here that are pretty awesome, but I can't remember what their names are either. That's really bad on me, I guess. Anyway, as, as uh, they're trying to take out the, the Russian... Uh, he I don't know, he defeats a couple of them, and we wind up finding out that a few of them have, like, uh, they kind of have, like, Jean Grey-type powers, so not, not, like, mind-reading, but uh, telekinesis. telekinesis. Anyway, by, by the time they finally bring him down in the street, he's used a flash bomb on uh, our invisible woman-looking girl, uh, who I think is Rhea. And so she's pretty well blacked. I mean, she can't see what's straight, but her abilities are... Already cause like kind of force shields, and basically like the Invisible Woman, force bubble type things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she basically blows up his head, Um, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) Anyway, uh, moving forward from there, we deal with uh, the paparazzi style thing, and they make a real big deal about this this uh, particular character, this particular guy, the Russian, being the last of the Chicago Six, which is like a major supervillain team. And uh, now this last of the really threatening supervillains are gone. Do we really need Cowl? And it's constantly like, peppered around that maybe we maybe they don't need them anymore. But uh, during the, the whole press conference thing, it, Gray... Uh, Gray... Uh, gosh, what is it? Gray Raven? Gray Raven. Yes. Gray Raven. Uh, he, as he's giving the press conference, he's, he's telling them they know a lot more about what was really going on or why he was hired to take out uh, Lowe. Which, uh, then we cut to the office and the, everyone's congratulating the two guys that helped bring the whole crime, the whole assassin attempt down. We got this character named John, who looks an awful lot like, like Sinestro in a trench coat. That's pretty much what he looks like. And he he's sitting there shaking his head like he's angry. At, he's angry at Grey on TV because he doesn't actually know any of that. And he makes a comment about that to his partner and his partner tells him, well... Yeah, he's got to act like he knows everything because if he doesn't act like it, then people won't believe in us. He's like, well, there's something else going on here, and I, I think I figured out what it is. And so, he convinces his partner to go with him to search because like, apparently the week before they got a complaint about a gas leak that was never taken care of. And from where he's found, where what it, from his research, he's found out they think that that's where the Russian was building his weapons. And so he tells them, well, we need to go search th- these these blocks. And he's like, let's well, door to door search. And it's gonna take forever. So they decide to go pick up another guy um, who's out in the field. He's kind of a, he's kind of a jerk, a little bit. Um, uh, his name, I think, what was his, what was his superhero name? Because they call him Ken most of the time, but, but he's got a... What was his superhero name at? Uh, Eclipse. So Eclipse is uh, out working the street in this area, and he's caught himself a peeping Tom named Ken. And uh, apparently Ken's been caught before, and Ken has a problem, Peep and Tom, and uh, a couple of the girls that work for Cal, and uh, he's been caught by Eclipse again, and Eclipse is basically like mean backhopping him outside, he's got him slammed up against the wall and he's yelling at him, and at one point he he punches him and he falls to the ground, and here comes John and John's partner, and as he's yelling at him, he's like, well, you like to pee with people? You want to see people naked? And next thing you know, he pulls down his pants and he starts peeing on the guy. Which seems a little extreme. Uh, there's, it's not overly graphic or anything, but as far as, like, it just tells you that Eclipse is... He's kind of like your, your classic bad cop. Except he goes a little bit farther. Anyway, uh, so the two of them convince him to go with them to search these houses, and, uh, the, well, the overtime's already been approved, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so the group of them go searching, and, and while this whole searching thing is going on, we, did, we cut across uh, town to dealing with uh, Gray again, and he's got uh, two of the other supers in his office, and he's kind of shaking them down. He, you can see he's not happy with how the press conference went, and, uh, he makes it real clear that at some point, him and the invisible woman type chick must have had some kind of weird, uh, inner office romance, even though he's, he's married. And they make a big deal about that for a second. I think it's just peppering the surroundings for those characters because it doesn't really go anywhere other than showing that she's not really happy with that idea. And uh, apparently there was something before, whether it was before he was married or not, who knows? At this point, we that there's no answer to that yet. Anyway, it cuts pretty quick from there back to the guys doing the search during the apartment department search. And of course, uh, as they're talking, they're coming up on another apartment, and then all of a sudden the door it just explodes. And inside we have this fat guy with this crazy gun and he's yelling about how these are his weapons, these are his weapons, you're not taking these. And we have Eclipse use, uh, what do they they call it, Um, anti-kinetic powers. So uh, as the guy goes to shoot him again, he basically reverses the bullet and kills the gun. And he tells the guy to surrender, put the gun down, of course the dude throws the gun at him instead and then grabs another gun and just starts firing. And so he he he, ba- he basically does, does the same thing again with his powers. And he tells him you don't learn very well. And the gun explodes this time, which explodes so bad that it throws the guy out the window. That doesn't seem to bother anybody except that he's on like I don't know, maybe the fifth story building. Hmm. And so he's definitely messed downstairs. like uh, sting a little bit, right? And it as far as the uh, the cow guys, they don't seem to be too bothered by that. And Eclipse doesn't seem to care whatsoever. And they kind of start looking around the apartment, and they find a whole bunch of crazy weapons that this, 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 uh, the Russian, prior to this, apparently he was a bad dude, but he didn't have this kind of technology before. And uh, uh, John, our dude looks like Sinestro, is digging through some paperwork, and he finds this folder that's marked uh, Top Secret, and it's got a government logo on it, but not like a Russian government, like an American government logo. Anyway, he kind of tucks it away, and uh, the group of them leave. Well, they call for a cleanup crew, and they search the apartment a little more. But uh, Eclipse tells him "I'm going to go down to the pub, since all the since all the work's done, um, I'm done." And So he, he heads off to the bar, and later on, the two of them join him, and he's in there. Of course, Eclipse in there telling all the girls at the bar how, oh yeah, I had to, it, I had to blast a guy just before he shot John in the head, and like explains it as like way more hardcore than it was. I mean, it was pretty hardcore. But it wasn't that bad. <laughs> anyway, and as the two of them are talking that, you have Gray show up, and Gray congratulating him on the bust, and uh, we find out that John's partner, it's his son that earlier taunted Gray, and Gray makes it pretty obvious that uh, he is aware who son he is. And then you see Gray go over to the bar, order a drink, and he's watching the TV, and on the TV you've got a news reporter who talks about, with the last of this, the Deadly Six taken care of. The Chicago Six taken care of. Do we really need Cal anymore? And the, the part that, like, it's supposed to be the chill to ya, Which is the complete spoiler of the book. I should have warned people before this. Huh. Oh well. Gray's staring at the TV with, like, this hate look on his face. And he's like, don't hold your breath about Cal being not needed. So I have a feeling that this is going to be very much, like, crazy intrigue and, uh, Heroes plotting villains t- in order to cause the need for them to be around, just like OCP with their problems and the whole Robocop thing. Anyway, I like this book a lot. And I, maybe because the art's so crazy, or maybe because all of the characters have like cool 50s kind of superhero names, uh, or maybe because Eclipse is just such a jerk. I'm pretty excited to see the second issue actually. And I like intrigue, nonsense, and time travel. While there's no time travel in this, there's a lot of intrigue-type nonsense. Anyway, I would say, I'd say I say buy it. It's a pretty good book. Uh, if you get a chance, to pick it up. I know they're going to the second print of it already, so it's been fairly successful, at least with that in mind. But I don't know. As far as cast is concerned, the art's pretty Like I said, the art's wild. The guys writing the story are good. Um, if you're writing the Nightwing from the New 52 stuff, the second half of it, yeah, then you should be familiar with the guys writing. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I'd say pick it up.
1: Yeah, from what you were talking about, um, I don't know. It seems it seems really cool. It seems like a like a shield that has a little bit of a dirty edge, maybe to it. So. Right, that's
0: what it feels like too. It's like shield in the '50s, but with that dirty like the dirty CIA feel to it, like plotting things and I don't know. It, it overall, I think you can I can see a couple different paths the book can take, but they're interesting enough that I'm like, yeah, I want to read another issue. So I don't know.
3: It's, I had actually heard a lot about it beforehand because Rod Reyes used to be the well, no, he still is. He's the colorist on Aquaman. Oh right, yeah. And he works with Ivan Reis, his brother, a lot too, and they both do Aquaman and Justice League a lot. And so, uh, and, and Kyle Higgins, I know, is a really good writer. It, it definitely sounds like it's an awesome book. I I, I would buy it.
0: Yeah, I, I like I say, it was it was a fun read. Right. I, oh, the stuff I read this last week, I definitely liked it. Probably the best. Cool mm.
2: 50s shield. Hail Hydra.
0: Right. Exactly. Got guys in bowlers running around, like crazy steampunk type <laughs> gadgets. And I know, like like I said, all their names were really cool. Cause I can't remember every time they introduced a character's name, which I was not really good about remembering all of them. And at this point, I can still only remember three. <laughs> but every time they introduced one, I was like, that's a cool name. Man, that's a cool name. Recon, because he can fly, he's using, like, you know, optic lenses to see, to zoom in on things. It's basically like having a guy in the sky, but this is prior to having, like, Eric, like, I don't know. It it seems like a simple, stupid idea for that, but it was a cool, I don't know, the way they presented it was pretty cool.
2: It sounds like a better thing name than Mechaneck.
0: <laughs> don't make fun of He-Man guys, okay? <laughs> the guy man. Had, he had they, a long neck.
3: They pretty much make fun of themselves. Wow. I haven't got to check out the book much yet, but the way you described it, it reminds me a lot of how, like, uh, Batman the Animated Series is kind of yeah. old-timey, but not old-timey. All no, the exactly, time. yeah. That's, yeah. Uh,
0: the gray ghost. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's very much what it feels like. All right. It was a cool read. Uh, that's why I say you get a chance to check it out. Rob, you want to do a uh, little bit of The Wicked and the Divine?
1: Yeah, we'll go ahead and right. see if we can get through it. Um, so actually, we begin the story on the 31st of December, 1923. And uh, we kind of have this whole coven, like this whole group of people sitting around a table. And ultimately, there's only about seven of them you know, actually around the table. And the rest of the spaces are filled with, skull, with Just skulls sitting on the table. Yeah, and like empty
0: chairs with a skull. Uh, yeah, a little weird. Who's writing this one? The uh, the wicked and the divine. Uh, it also comes out from Image Comics, and uh, who's the writer? Isn't
4: isn't it the
0: the Gillen McKelvey?
4: Oh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. Wilson Clove, I think. The guy so. that
0: did uh, Young Avengers, or you know, I don't remember who Young Avengers. Are we talking about the the most recent? I know album? I know these this team wrote something for Marvel. Who did the, the little Loki stuff, not the That was um not the, Yellen. Not, not the Asgard stuff, <laughs> not the stuff for uh I think you are talking about Young Avengers. Is it? It might be, I don't remember. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Artist looks an awful lot
1: like the one who's doing the um Fearless Defenders.
0: But either way. Williamson Cowles, I think, is the artist, if I if I remember right.
1: Either way, though, so we got the whole table, and uh, anybody who was uh, who's not attending is like a skull on the table now. And then there's this kind of old lady, and she's got a weird kind of mask with these jewels hanging down in front of it. It's kind of like an old Japanese emperor mask with the beads hanging in front of your face. Anyhow, um, so it sounds like they're they're having this whole meeting and this is kinda of like the end of it and so she's like I will miss you and like goodbye and so she walks out of the house and like everybody kinda of has like this moment where they're like discussing like what they're gonna do around the table and ultimately they're like "Yeah, no let's just get on with this and so everybody kinda of says goodbye to each other and they point their fingers each at the next person on the table like they're gonna do air guns and they count down one two three four and
0: snap and the house explodes oh yeah the entire house explodes everywhere and we see that the old lady that was leaving is outside crying like with the explosion behind her it, it's crazy.
1: She's like once again we return
0: and then we jump to 1
1: January 2014 and we kinda from there we see this uh, kinda young girl And she's getting ready for this, uh, she's getting ready for some kind of event and she's got like a pink wig that she's trying to style up and like this crazy makeup where she's got uh, weirdo uh, like mascara and like like almost like a a black circle around her eye and like crazy red swatches on her face. And the whole time she's talking about how, oh, this is like me rebelling and this is going to be my moment and, you know, nobody's going to be like me out there and. I, you know, I I. want this to be something that will probably piss off my parents. And so by the end of it, she's like, I look like somebody else. I look like a god. Well, almost like a god. And she kind of muses about how she's 17, but nobody believes she's 17. And then she's kind of sneaking into this concert. And we get to the concert. We see a lady that's like full-on, like, 70s hippie.
0: Like Geisler from the uh, x back come. in the old days. She's got full-on, like, butterfly eyes and crazy red flowing hair. It's very, like... If you think about Dazzler from the X-Men days when she was wearing the roller skates, it's a lot like that. But more hippie jam bandy. if that makes sense. It's definitely a weird cross-patternization. Evidently, she's
1: like the new it thing. And, like, nobody understands what she's saying or what she does, but you just gotta feel it. And it's like feeling like ecstasy and so she's out there kind of singing her song and doing her thing and she looks out into the crowd and she kind of points out and like the girl next to her passes out and the guy next to him her passes out and like they're having like orgasms on the floor and she's like oh this is this is what you know the universe should feel like when it's opening up to you this is what an orgasm should feel like when something's happening to you and she like looks at her and points to her and then she winds up blacking out And when she comes to, she's in a really skeevy, underground, like, brick area, with all sorts of other people on these mats on the floor. Pass-out mats. And there's a lady in a white suit with, like, a black shock in her hair, like, sitting over her. And she's like, she starts to come to, and the lady's like, Oh, you're the last one to pass out, the first one to wake up, you must be really special. And the lady's like, you're, uh, and she starts to say something, and the lady starts going right into the, I guess it's the it's the Morrison, won't you guess my name, kind of song lyrics. Right. Like, like all these kind of references to her being the devil, and mm-hmm. you know, like every reference that you can think of for it. The father of lies, the adversary, the lord of the flies, the old serpent, God of this world, the Dragon, the Lightbringer, Apollon, etc, etc. And she goes to light her cigarette and she flicks her thumb against her wrist, her hand and like produces flames. And so like the lady's like, oh my god, you're freaking! this is craziness. And she mentions her name and the lady's like, did you use your special powers to like read my name? And she's like, yeah, if you mean like reading me through your wallet.
0: Being a special power, that was pretty funny actually.
1: And so they kind of have this whole conversation about what's going on and like that she's not impressed with her fake license. And then ultimately she's like, well, do you want to meet this lady? And of course the girl's like, oh my god, yeah, of course I wanted to meet you too, but I want to meet this lady. And so they go back to like this kind of press conference thing that's going on in the back room. And from what kind of I gather from this is that this character who's basically like coining herself Lucifer.
0: Lucy, yeah, Lucifer. The singer,
1: and then this other lady that evidently is like a cat, have all set themselves up as if they are mortal gods. And it's hard to say if it's like a band gimmick thing or something that's real, but evidently they've made miracles happen, supposedly. And there's this reporter lady who's there, and she's basically trying to be like... About the crap you guys aren't really gods you're just people freaking using this to
0: boost your career it's all a hoax blah 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 she's pretty pissed about it too actually
1: yeah and so she's talking to the uh the singer chick and like just keeps coming after and coming after her and eventually like the lucifer character steps in and the, the redhead lady's like no this is my time to shine and as the lady kinda like continues to badger her. Like uh I eventually mean, so the Lucifer girl kinda like keeps her attack up to the point where like the lady uh I guess it's like the cat girl like runs across the room and like tackles her. Because well, we see like a red dot on our shirt.
0: Yeah, we wound up seeing the uh our our girl with the the girl that was getting ready at the beginning of the show, um, whose name I can't remember now. Uh the one that was sneaking out of her parents' house and trying to make her parents mad, the one that passed out, she's got a laser pointer, and we see her playing with it for a second, and then eventually we see a laser dot on Lucifer, or on Lucy, and I, I think, initially I thought it was the laser pointer that the girl was playing with, and the cat, the girl who's imitating a cat, or thinks she's a cat, basically jumps on her like a cat, and is like, I, I can't love the red dot, I have to get the red dot! And you see her darting around the room all crazy for a second, and then you realize there's multiple red dots. And then all of a sudden there's gunfire coming through the window from across the street of the other building. And there's a couple of guys up on the roof with machine guns, basically filling the room full of bullets. Mm-hmm.
1: Looks like the, uh, the people that were there doing the interview, most of them get shot, but not the interviewer. Yeah, she sees ceases to get away. And kind of one of her last questions was basically like, "Why don't you guys just do miracles in front of people? You know, show us that you can really do them." So these guys are like hosing the room with bullets, and Lucifer is like, oh, "I'm done with this." And she she steps up and she counts to three, and blows out the window. And uh, the guys with the machine guns like just open fire on her, and she just is stopping the bullets. They just either vanishing in midair or she's stopping them from hitting her. And so she puts her hands to her side, and she clicks her fingers, and both the gunmen's heads explode. Like guts everywhere.
0: Boom!
1: And she kind of looks back at the reporter lady, and she's like, Well, why would we be so coy with our miracles? Oh, maybe so we didn't scare the shit out of (laughs) you. Yeah. And so the next thing we have is, like, we have her basically on trial. And I think this is the first time that maybe I didn't... Lucy. Maybe I didn't notice it before, uh-huh. but they're in England, evidently, because yeah. the court's house is definitely an English court system where the judge has got the old powder wig and everything on.
0: I think whenever the girl's leaving her house, you can kind of tell the way the, the blocks are set up, but it wasn't really clear, I don't think. But yeah, the, where they're at now is definitely a, a British court, and Lucifer's the one on trial there.
1: And she's basically like, I don't understand what you could possibly be charging me with, except for maybe that I'm a god. And if you're going to charge me as being a god, I think that sets a precedence, but okay. And the judge is like, I don't want to hear any of this. You know, anything that happens in this courtroom that you cause is going to be on your head. And, you know, if you keep speaking out like this, I'm going to hold you in contempt of court. And she's kind of like, Really? You, You do that? You really think that I can just make crazy things happen just by snapping my fingers? And the guy's like, "You better not start doing that. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hold you in contempt." And so she's like, "Really?" And she snaps her fingers, and the judge's head explodes. And of course, now Lucifer's like, "Oh my God, I didn't mean for this to happen." And everybody in the court's running around. <laughs> And she's like, I didn't mean for this
0: to happen. I didn't do this. Basically, grabbed the guards and they have grabbed her. and She's the one that caused the head to explode. And the way it looks, it definitely looks that way. Like she caused the head, his head to explode. It's no different than what happened with the uh, the guys across the street. But she's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then we have this little blurb that's the uh, the girl, the one who was getting ready, Laura. I think is, I think her name's Laura. Yeah, it probably is. Anyway, and she goes. You hear her thought bubble, and it's like, no one who else is going to believe her except for me. And so it's like, well, if Lucifer didn't do it, who uh, then who did make the head explode of the judge? It's freaking crazy. The book is just it's crazy town, Rob. <laughs> it's crazy town. Mm. So, Rob, buy it or shelve it. Yeah, I wouldn't we get this book. I would, I would pick it up, only because it's, it's crazy town. I mean, you've got the devil, or Lucifer, and then the the, the, other, the other singer lady, who basically causes the trances on everyone, it, it's just full of crazy town. The cat lady, the whole, her chasing laser pointer, best part for me in the whole book. Because at first, she, she really is following the laser pointer, and then all of a sudden it's the laser sights from the, the guys across the street. And that's when she like freaks out and attacks that guy, or attacks Lucifer, is because the laser pointer was on her chest. It mm-hmm. perfect cat sense. Mm-hmm. That's what cats do, Rob. They chase things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, I, I want to give it another issue just to see where it goes, but it is very uh, it is very crazy, and uh,
2: I'm intrigued. It makes me think of uh, Neil Gaiman and yeah, and the well, like. His stories are pretty cool, so. Right.
0: You're yeah, saying that kind of dude? Yeah. But yeah, I would, I would say, check it out, so I guess that's a one and one knot. The art's pretty good, isn't it? You're in your head, they can't hear you. Yeah,
1: that's alright. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why I wasn't saying anything. So I guess flip through it and then uh, make your own decision. There's a lot of bullets and head exploding.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a good deal of head explosion. it is
0: crazy that they blow up the house at the beginning, and now all of a sudden we're in modern time, and I don't know. It just There's so many questions still that I'm like, yeah, I want to check out another one. And, and that's where I'm broken, I guess.
2: Anyway. I, mean, I dig uh, Lucy's attitude about casually blowing up people's head, but what's hooking me is that the judge's head explode, and she claims that she didn't, didn't do, do, do that it. one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, she makes a pretty big show blowing up the two sniper's heads. There's this, where I'm hooked. Right. <laughs> Is Lucy just a con man?
2: It's possible. Is it some Star Trekian shill game that they're
0: doing here? Also possible. I mean, when she makes the whole point of, yeah, if you count going through your wallet being magic, then yeah. it was. I, I learned your name from magic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it makes you wonder about the whole thing in general. Anyway, uh, so Rob, you want to tell us a little bit about... I think this will be the last one. You want to tell us a little bit about the uh, all-new X Factor? Oh, uh,
1: yeah, I can do that. I just got done going through, like, the first, I think, five? Four or five issues. Uh, it's actually it's been really good. It's just it's, it's different than your regular X book. There's now a whole lot of, like, oh, big supervillain donuts. There's actually a lot of just character building stuff in there, and just about every issue has been, at least at the point I'm at, building the X Factor team. So we start off with Polaris, and she goes to Gambit, and he becomes like their first new member. Uh, It's important to know that X Factor in this case is the first privately run super team to be connected to an industry, which is connected to survival industries. And supposedly, Survival Industries is really like, oh, we just want to give back. We want to help the world. So um, she brings Gambit in because she wants him to kind of make sure that the, the company is on the level. And pretty quickly from there, we wind up catching up with Quicksilver, who decided he wanted to be a part of the team. And they really they start issues after he shows up, really playing up the, well... Piedro and um, and Polaris are related now, in a kind of like half-brother, half-sister situation. That's weird. Yeah, because we've, we found out, you know, over all this time of, oh, Polaris isn't really related to Magneto, that yeah, she actually is related to Magneto.
2: The more they deny it, the more it means it's true. It is
1: weird.
4: As long as it doesn't turn into, like, that Ultimates 3 book, we'll be okay.
1: Yeah, I don't don't think we have any worry of that. Actually, he's one of the better parts of the whole story. Um, They use him very well in this book. But uh, we find out pretty quickly from there that Piedros actually reporting on what's going on with the X Factor to Havoc, who believes that like they're trying to manipulate Polaris, because Polaris is not exactly all that mentally sound most of the time. And so he's been running back and forth. So like when X Factor thinks he's like in the bathroom or gone to look at something, a lot of times he's reporting to Havoc, who's basically using Pietro to spy on his ex-girlfriend. <laughs>
2: That's and, not creepy. And Piedro is always such a
1: jerk about it, like...
0: It's a little creepy.
1: It's No, no. It's That's totally normal. Like, he's looking out that's for her best do. interests. Because she might not be mentally sound well enough. <laughs> of course, though, he, he did actually begin it with being like, yeah, my girlfriend. And Piedro's like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> he's like, well... Sort of. My girlfriend. They have
0: a twisted past, Rob. The whole time he was dead... Or in the other universe, then had a kid, was married to the Goblin Queen. It, there's a messy time in there, okay? Goblin yes. Queen. Well, yeah, yeah. And then he came back and he's like, "Hey, Polaris, by the way, I was last in the universe, and married to some other lady that was Jean Grey, basically." And then had a kid and things were crazy and she's like, I can't take it crazy time. Yes. Well and
2: then she I can't had a
0: mutant power meltdown thing happened too. So like she's had some rough times.
2: I can't blame her for that. The Summers family tree is very convoluted. More convoluted than a southern Say it. a southern uh, family tree.
1: In, anyhow, like there's there's a lot of things with Polaris anyways. Do oh. you mean there's lots of cousins?
2: I'm saying there's
1: he wants to try to make it many trunks, weirdness. Not very
2: many branches. Hardly any roots.
1: Anyhow, yeah, no, she's she's had a, a crazy kind of past. I mean, one of the big things that we never have gotten into is how she got her powers back. Anyways, because she lost them at M Day, powers were regained to her by Apocalypse, but they made a big deal of her powers not being her mutant anymore. They're from Apocalypse, monkeying around, but we never get back to that. So, either way, um, the next character that we wind up pulling out of this winds up being Danger, who has been abducted by one of uh, Gambit's subordinates. Because if you were reading the Gambit storyline, he wound up becoming the head of the Thieves' Guild. And there was evidently a guy in the Thieves' Guild who's a technomancer. There's a certain guy that I know would love that. And he evidently has magic powers to manipulate computers.
2: And make beautiful wub, <laughs> uh, wub sounds.
1: Possibly. Is he like a dubstep master? He could be. He's mm. evidently been around for 150 years, so <laughs> know, somewhere around there I'm sure he picked up dubstep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was one of the... Uh, Remy's like main rivals to take over the thieves guild. Well, he's broken into Survival Industries computer system, which is thought to be impossible, and stolen the uh, X number of money. And so they wind up having to go investigate that. And uh, Gambit kind of has to tell the rest of the crew, "Oh yeah, by the way, I own an island, <laughs> and I'm a thief guild master." Unbeknownst to the rest of them, evidently Survival Industry also has planted nanobots inside of Polaris's eye, so they can record everything that they're doing.
0: Yeah. Crazy town.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Which, of course, they never told anybody about that. No. So, anyhow, um... Yeah, he's evidently found danger, this Technomancer, and he's hooked her up into some kind of a... Prison machine, so that he can use her to help hack into systems that he couldn't get into. In doing so, he wound up wiping her memories clean. And so, of course, you know the crew gets there, and we've already seen that Polaris is not necessarily running on a full deck. So she flies into rage pretty fast, and they're like, basically, like, "Oh, that's danger. We should get her out." And the guy who's running everything is like, "Well, oh, no, I'm a technomancer. I can't do that." <laughs> This is what I do. And uh, Gamma's like, well, how do we turn it off? And she's just like, well, screw this, and just rips it apart with her magnesium power. It usually wouldn't be a great idea with computers, but whatever. Mm.
0: Sometimes things got to get ripped apart, Rob.
1: Yeah, so danger pretty much comes out of it completely crazy and not remembering who anybody is and <laughs> deciding she's going to kill everybody on the island.
0: Yeah. Makes perfect sense.
1: And she, uh, she can evidently... Those people who don't know about danger, she is the living embodiment of the old danger room. And she evidently took the Shiar Light Hollow projector with her, so she can just make fake landscapes and sentinel monsters and anything that actually can affect the terrain around them. So, yeah, she was going to tear the whole island apart. Yeah. In the end, Gambit has to use the Kryptonian Kiss on her. <laughs> to make her remember her past. Yeah. How many people have the Kryptonian kiss? You'd be surprised. Uh-huh. <laughs> Evidently, Remy's is so good it makes you remember things you forgot. Oh, uh, well, he is French. So Technically the opposite of the Kryptonian kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he has a bizarro Kryptonian kiss.
0: That uh, would make a lot of sense.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. less slobber? That makes sense
2: He's got those reverse eyes That's why Hopefully there's no
3: fire breath involved
1: I haven't seen him do any fire breath yet But you never know Also uh, at some point Gambit picked up three kittens That are now part of his entourage (laughs)
4: So
1: he's got Lucifer Which is a grey cat And then Marlo. Gosh I can't remember his name Those are the cats now Either way, he's got three cats that are now, like, his homies. So whenever you're seeing the covers of this and he's looking at, like, cats all over him, it's not just a gimmick for the book. He actually has these cats that he's now
0: wrangling in his <laughs> private life. Wrangling. Yes. Yeah. I think it's 3 3 is my favorite cover. <clears throat> Pink background. He's got the cats and holding them all. Yeah.
1: I think that's when they introduce him. So. But, uh, so basically, Danger just gets done trying to kill them, remembers who she is, And they're heading back to Survival Industries, and Gambit's like, so you want to be a part of the team? (laughs) Right on. (laughs) And so, yeah, we add her to the team. I kissed your memory back. Don't you want to
2: be a part of the team, baby?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then in in classic X-Factor fashion, we have all sorts of little subplots that are going on, and one of the big ones is the CEO of Survival Industries having an affair with this lady that's like his chief... um, Project manager. And he's pretty cold about it. He's evidently married. So, yeah. Danger is now, like, profoundly broken, and so she constantly is questioning the world. And she can evidently use, like, x ray vision. So she's making things really uncomfortable for everybody. Especially, like, uh, they have this elevator ride where everybody gets out, and uh, Danger is like, oh. So I see that you have DNA from the boss and spots that you could only have if you were coupling with him. Do you know that he's married? And, of course, she's, like, trying to deny it, and she's like, I have X-ray vision.
3: <laughs> and it's just
1: odd. I think okay. that
2: should be your excuse for everything. I have X-ray vision. <laughs> I have X-ray
1: vision. There you go. And she does that a couple of times during the episode. <laughs> and what basically winds up happening in that particular issue is that he wants to have them show up spontaneously during a boardroom meeting so that he can kind of show off his team everybody's kinda of like, eh, I don't know, I don't know about this but well, there winds up being this new developer that he wants to impress because he wants to bring him into his company and we wind up having the whole thing where they come by and uh, Danger of course is acting all weird and so she meets the new developer guy and she's like, well you're not a human being and of course everybody in the office is like, oh that's not PR. And of course the guy gets all upset, like, I can't believe you're this, and she's like, I'm tired of people telling me I'm wrong. And so she like <laughs> attacks him.
2: Oh yeah, X-ray vision.
1: And like rips open his chest cavity. And yeah, he winds up being like uh like a warlock style robot. So like one of the people from the Phalanx world. And he actually winds up being uh Megus from that world, which was the guy who was like, I'm gonna kill Warlock and the planet. <laughs> the old new mutant days right okay Mm. yeah which leads us to a whole storyline where we wind up finding where this guy had set up his ceo base and we kind of find out that evidently the last time that we encountered him he'd gotten the techno-organic virus and evidently it spread to his world and so like almost all of the failings people are dead and so he put aside their tradition of father killing son to try to make a new life on earth (laughs) As a business guy.
0: Crazy town, Rob. Yeah.
1: Which inevitably leads us to Doug and Warlock being new members of the group as well.
2: Uh, this never works out well. The Phalanx always ruins everything.
1: Well, it sounds like, it sounds like the, the Phalanx is just going to be done with it. Because there was this whole point where they were about to fight. And then they kind of were like, eh, oh, this doesn't make any sense we're almost dead now so we don't need to kill each other any longer go be superheroes although the weird thing is that there is this like relationship blooming with danger and warlock so I mean ultimately it's still it's still a pretty funny read it's it's not as action-packed as the other X books it's it's meant to be more dialogue and character building and uh, honestly the character that I've, I've i have not always been a fan of Quicksilver, but like he comes across really strong in the story, and they really use him very well. Usually, a lot of times they they can't ever figure out what to do with him, so. Huh. But I feel like they've done they've done a really good job of it, and I like they are kind of exploring a little bit more with Polaris, and it's it's neat to see like there's all this little intrigue. So like, Survival Industries is using X Factor to do what it wants to do, and. Polaris is using it for her own means, and Gambit's trying to be the guy who's finding out why uh, Survival's doing this. And then we have Quicksilver, who's reporting to Havoc, who's a part of the team who's trying to cover up that he's reporting to Havoc. So, I don't know. There's a lot of cool things going on in the story. I know there was also the big confrontation between the wife and the secretary in the last issue I read. (laughs) Good stuff, Bob. Yeah, it's a neat series. It's just not... If if you're looking for, like, big supervillain battles, X-Factor hasn't got there yet. But if you like kind of a neat developing book with a lot of personality stuff, this is a neat one to go to. And it's been pretty fun, so... So,
0: it would probably be a pickup for you?
1: Well, I've always enjoyed X Factor, and I feel like this is a, a good addition to their run, so yeah. I'll pick up
0: the series. Right on. Um, I've been picking it up too. I'm not nearly as far as you are story wise in it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said in issue three, I'm my favorite so far. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't read probably the three after that, so. But I'd say it's worth a check out too. It's, it's been fun. Uh, issue three is a game of the Pussy Magnet. Perfect. You haven't seen the cover, man. It's awesome. Yes.
1: Well, I say issue six has got something like that too, which is like his other power is luck with the ladies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good game at times.
4: Well, Peter David's a slow burn anyway, isn't he? Usually. A
0: little bit, yeah. He set up and then. I, I started here. out with
4: a book, but I just I didn't I didn't hang in there.
1: Yeah. Well, it's tricky. I mean. Uh, I think by the time I'm at, which is like issue five or six, they they've just got the team together. Like each issue was almost putting a new character on each book, and so and it's definitely taken a long time to, to get from A to B, so as, as kind of, as stories go, usually you don't get this much leeway to like build your team, so I kind of like that. But at the same time, like if I was getting it in even just trade forms, this first trade might not be like, oh, I know, I want to keep going with this. Like you kind of got to give X Factor the chance to go for it. But it's been a, a terrific, terrific round. Like I said, I mean, this is a new, a great new addition to that. It's it's just different from your typical X book.
0: Right on. Okay, so. Uh, wait well, before
4: you get to that, I okay. just wanted to mention. that I uh, decided since Frankenstein has popped up in the uh, Future's End books. Yes. I went back and uh, pulled out my Frankenstein Agent of Shade issues. Right. And uh, in the middle of rereading, I'm probably up to issue six or seven. That's something worth checking out. Definitely, I mean, mean, Father Time, which I have no idea (laughs) what the deal is with that dude. Now, right. now he's like little girl with pigtails. Girl.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I don't know where. I don't know if there's any history on that dude. I guess.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I have no idea. And you
4: got all the mo- you got the werewolf, you got the vampire with the I mean, the creature commandos. Right. Frankenstein with an attitude because he doesn't like <laughs> being forced to do all this.
0: Right. Uh, you
3: have Ray Palmer on top of all that.
4: Yeah. Yep. He's there. Uh, all the monsters, uh, blood and guts—it's awesome. Yeah, Frankenstein is way cool. I wish that—that's—I I, really miss that 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 series. But I just wanted to mention it because it's definitely worth reading.
1: Yeah, you were saying that I uh, was one of your your least favorite cuts from the DC New Fifty Two stuff.
4: Absolutely, it, it, that's yeah. It's cool. it was an awesome book. I mean, it had its it had its low points here and there, but not many. For the most part, it was, it was pretty damn good. The
2: vampire pilot seemed pretty cool.
4: And that werewolf dude—I can't remember his name. He's yeah. He's like, he acts like a soldier. Mm, yes, right. sir. No, sir. He's real military style, <laughs> and and the vampire—he just—he hates everybody. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense.
4: It's, it's it was just really a cool. Everything just melded together. It was a cool book.
0: Right. Yeah, I remember liking that round.
4: And Father cool. Time, I mean. You talk about Crazy Town. <laughs> what the hell is the deal with that?
0: Yeah, like he had
4: he said something about having to switch bodies. I think that's.
3: I think he can live forever, but he has to switch bodies. He to bodies I, yeah. I
4: so I don't know if there's any history in the old DC universe. I mean, if it's a new, I, I have no there clue. There
3: is. I don't know it, but there is history with him prior.
4: So, but definitely, definitely worth checking out. Not only is
3: Frankenstein in Futures End. But at least in, I think it was a zero issue, the the girl that's a creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, the was I think her name too. Nina.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's... Uh, yeah, the fish girl, yeah. Yeah, she winds up being hooked up with the uh, Stormwatch. mm mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's right. Nina, Nina, that's her name. Yeah. Nina from the Black Lagoon. Yep.
1: That's
2: pretty cool.
4: And some of the missions they went on, crazy. Out, out of control. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Poking a giant monster in the eye with his sword. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean that the eyeball's bigger than he is.
0: Right. And the the end of it, it is just craziness.
4: What
3: not, what not. Yeah. Yeah. Frankenstein and Rot World was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, they did
4: yeah, they did a good job with that.
3: Yeah. That was the whole reason why I read Rot World. Oh. Of well I wasn't I wasn't getting yeah. an Animal Man or Swamp Thing at all.
0: Huh. Huh.
1: But yeah, Rotten was fantastic, and so he was he was a good addition to it, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I like that he kind of didn't exist in either the rod or the, or yeah, the red. Or the red. Yeah.
4: I think uh, somebody needs to make a phone call and uh, get that fired back up again.
2: <laughs> Don't worry, they'll my, loosen up after a bit. My <laughs> guess <laughs> is, always that, that,
3: is that that was Jeff Lemire's book. Right. And that was the one that he wanted to read, or he wanted to write, and so when he was switching to Justice League Dark. And then he Matt, took Frank... Matt
4: Matt Kent took over.
3: Did he? Yeah, yeah. I think so, so. Yeah,
4: I know Matt Kent finished it out. Finished yeah. it
3: off. And he took uh, Frankenstein. took Frankenstein with him, and so yeah. once it wasn't his book really anymore. It was kind of because you had because Matt Kent stuff was really good too.
4: Yeah, I mean it. But the uh, the it was nice flow to it. But so that's right?
3: why Frankenstein's showing up a lot in. Uh, Justice League Dark. No, well, Justice League Future's Dark. End. Futures oh, End. Futures End. Yeah. That's that's Jeff Lemire's big addition. of Futures End is Frankenstein. I, th- I think I've said before, but that's how Futures End is kind of working. Where each of the writers kind of picked their their characters they wanted to focus on in the book, and then they're kind of working together to figure out how those characters will ultimately interact and.
4: Well, they've made him a uh, really awesome character in the DCU. Mm. I mean, he's, they've done a good job It's with funny because
3: I, I really, really liked Frankenstein before the new 52, and I would have never guessed that he would have gotten his own book and been part of a
0: Justice League. Yeah. Well, I think part of it was helped by the, the whole Flashpoint book, too. Yeah. I mean, Flashpoint definitely, the three part uh, Frankenstein, mm, was awesome.
4: awesome. I, I have, yeah, I picked that up here recently, and I, I haven't read it yet, but I need to.
0: Yeah, it was good. I
4: mean, just the sound Frankenstein. I mean, you tell somebody that doesn't read a whole lot of comics or they don't read DC stuff, or you dump Frankenstein, they probably think, oh, whatever. <laughs> right. But this works. This really works. I mean, it's a, he's, a, he's a cool character. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: that's cool. Hmm.
4: So, Ross, make a phone call. Take care of it.
3: Okay. Matt, only- Aiden, you were talking about crossovers a while back. Yeah. Frankenstein Hellboy would be awesome.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. it's a good point. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Good stuff. Why hasn't
2: it happened yet?
0: Yeah. We, we just told him
1: now. Oh, actually, you know what? If you're... This is totally... It's sort of related. If you still play World of Warcraft, look around. Jim Lee's out there. He's playing. You can harass him on World of Warcraft.
4: Bring back Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> get get Frankenstein his own series back.
2: That's all I needed to know. Just it's true. that Jim Lee was on
1: uh, is on. Wait, he well, used Warcraft. to be. He used to be on World Warcraft. I bet he still is. He's wowing it up. I'd finding him. <laughs> it's true.
4: It could be done. Yeah.
2: Well, we Go got ahead. werewolves and stuff now. So
0: it's true. That yeah. werewolf character
4: yeah. in that book is cool. Uh, he's cool as hell, right? Well, they all are.
0: Oh, yeah, all the creature commandos were always a cool idea. Turn into monsters, that way they could (laughs) defeat the uh, enemy, which would be the Germans or the... The uh, Nazis originally? Yeah, Yeah. originally fighting the Nazis. Awesome. Right?
4: Uh, It doesn't get any better than that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely crazy. All right, um, like most people know, the Denver Comic Con was this last Mm -hmm. weekend. Um, I'm going to run off a list of uh, people we did interviews with, so that way you know what to look forward to, I guess. Um, so here in a minute, we'll, we'll run through the uh, Derek Ferdolf's interview, and we'll get you know opinions on him. And he writes,
4: uh, um, he wrote? He
0: co-wrote Little Gotham mm-hmm. uh, for DC, and he's currently doing Dexter's Lab for IDW. Mm-hmm. Um, Is he doing the team-up book for them, too? I think he's helping with it. Yeah, he's, really he's doing part of it. Uh, but yeah, so right now he's working for IDW. Uh, he's doing a couple of Cartoon Network books. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, The Little Gotham.
1: Yeah, and he was a phenomenal guy to meet with. He also was working on uh, the Streets Street of Gotham, Gotham. series. Yep. But uh, he was he was really cool. I mean, like everybody that we got to talk to was it was really humbling how awesome they were. So oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Hopefully, you guys enjoy uh, the talks with with all these guys. But. All right, we'll go in and round that.
3: All right, so, we're, of course, top five comics.
1: Hi, this is Derek Friedhoff. What was? When did you really decide that this is what you wanted to do for a living, like, like doing comics, writing comics, scrolling comics? Because you do pretty well.
3: right?
5: Um, you know, probably it was when I was in college. I, uh, I went to school on a music scholarship, and I was sort of fumbling around with my major trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I found myself in the library a lot, just drawing and inking, and sort of found like a, a local group of artists where everyone was penciling and they needed an inker. Uh, so yeah, I graduated with a degree in English, but it wasn't until sort of right near that time when I thought you know I need to try to figure out how to make this into a career so I started working on samples and going to conventions and going into the portfolio review lines and stuff like that and it was like a five year stretch of just doing that over and over before I finally sort of broke in and continued as a regular job. I guess yeah
1: yeah and when you were doing your inking and stuff were they primarily people that were wanting to do superhero books or yeah yeah there was a
5: lot of uh, the people I was working with, they were all doing sort of like superhero, uh, sort of creator own stuff at the time that mm-hmm. they, they needed it for, and uh, but then like we would work on samples for companies and go to the shows and try to pitch them that way too. Nice. But they, you know, they all sort of moved on to other jobs and I was sort of the only like stubborn one that sort of stuck with it and said, I'm going to find a way, you know, so. Well,
1: hey, you showed so because yeah. <laughs> you're doing it now, of course. Um, did you ever have? Did you ever read comics when you were growing up? Yeah,
5: yeah, I read. I've probably read comics. Ah, uh, it's been about thirty years now, or thirty-five. Like, ever since I was just a wee little kid, I, I used to always get on like road trips. Like, if my family went anywhere, we'd stop off at the gas station or someplace and have it. But, yeah, I, I started getting into comics because of like GI Joe like the cartoons, G.I. and Transformers during the 80s were yeah. like what I was like super into. And then after that, I was just like, oh, there's actually other books out there other than just these two, so yeah.
1: Well, I know with, with, with us, it was always you know traveling, so s- sequential issues were like a luxury. Mm-hmm. So I I drives me nuts now because everybody's like, "Oh, I can't start if I don't get all the numbers." Right? Uh, No, you get 427 and you get 430.
5: Nice quick, It's fine. Back (laughs) in the day, it was you know they wrote them easier back then. There were just a lot of one-issue stories. Some of it, you know, it continued a little bit, but most of them you could sort of get the whole story in one issue. That's true. And but at the same time, yeah, it wasn't so much of a thing where you felt lost if you missed a few issues. I remember the first time. I was introduced to like an actual like comic book store back before there were like a whole lot of them at the time, and I always just got my books off of like spinner racks and you know grocery stores and stuff like that. So once I saw there were like all these back issues, and I was just pulling out whatever I could. And it didn't matter what order they were in. I was just like, this is all good.
1: <laughs> no, I know how that goes. I do. Um, gosh, even you know, I think that was that was one of the big things that you know, we were going to. The whole quest for like just picking up random issues was yeah. such a big deal, and now it's. I guess it's just it's just easier now to pick those up. But do you think, like as a writer, do you think it's better to go
5: single story, single issue, or do you, do you like to do the arc? I like both. I mean, I think I write mostly for single issue. Yeah. Um, but it just depends on the project. Uh, Dexter's Lab, I'm writing is a you know, longer arc. Uh, the Arkham and Hume's books that I was working on were basically single issue stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just depends on the project and what the, what the editor wants. Uh, I like one issue stories, though. But, you know, that way I have something that I can actually give to the kids and adults and all, some different things, so they don't have to feel like they need a lot of history with the book. They can just read that issue you and know, know yeah. what's going on.
1: No, I completely. I can see that. And that was that was something that was cool about Little Gotham, but I never felt like. It was a hard time to be like, no, yeah. it's, you know, it's issue seven, but it's okay because it's all just one, right. one enclosed book. Now we talked just very briefly the other day about getting Little Gotham from webcomic to regular print, right? And I was just, I was surprised because. You know the new 52 kind of stopped up with all that stuff. Yeah. But you said that there was there was an ordeal there where it was like it was like five years in the making to get a green light. Yeah,
5: or? we were working on this as a pitch before they even relaunched the new 52. Yeah. We were working on it back in the day, and actually once they greenlighted the book, uh, we had to sort of figure out how it was going to fit into sort of the digital division that they were doing. Um, but yeah, I mean we we sort of started it off as a lot of. Uh, calendar we thought you know if we're gonna get this picked up let's make sure that we have a long term job for it so we decided on a calendar they'll, they'll give us 12 issues we'll have to do 12 issues okay. and then after it started going and they liked it they're like let's double up let's do 24 so then we had to go back and actually try to think up other themes in the months uh, other holidays today.
1: I mean, it worked out well. Yeah. I, a lot of our guys like, loved it just because it had that in there. One of the things I was really ecstatic about is I, I love Red Robin, and so I was glad to see yeah. old Red Robin. But I was even more excited to see you guys used uh, Black Bat quite a bit. Sure. And since she's just, just a character, she's like, totally forgotten. Like, just Well, the thing with that, well, we used Black
5: Bat on the cover. We didn't get a chance to use her. I don't. Think of the issues we we used. Katana was the other one that we used. Yeah, Black Bat. You know, I know at the start when we first when Dustin first drew the first cover, he put just about every character in there that we could think of. And then over time, uh, you know, DC had said, you know, here's certain characters you can use, here's certain characters you can't. So Black Bat we used, I think on the cover, but I don't believe we had her show up again until. I I'm probably
2: thinking wrong because I I keep thinking like it was. a...
5: People thought Katana was Black Bat in there because they just didn't realize like maybe what style Dustin was wrong her in. Like, I think it's yeah. Okay, and
1: that may be what it is. It's like I remember Black
5: Bat, but it was actually
1: Katana. Yeah. Uh, anyway,
5: so in D- and, yeah. yeah, when DD oh. was writing of Gotham, he had uh, he had Damian mention something about Katana in there, and. Uh, how he admired her, and she was actually a little older than Damien in the DC universe, mm-hmm. And uh, but he was trying to play it off, well I respect her for her fighting ability, I'm not you know, interested beyond that, and uh, Dick Grayson was like, yeah sure, right Damien, yeah. So we always took that idea, and that's how we sort of ran with it in Little Gotham, We sort of played up. well they're a little closer in age now, but there's a little bit of chemistry going on between the two of them. If anybody would, it, it almost yeah. That, I can see that. Yeah. Right. They they didn't get along so much like more like siblings, you know. They a little bit of rivalry there, but we thought well at least here's here's someone is, his own age that he can sort of and she sort of you know ripped him quite a bit too. So
1: yeah, that's true. That's it true. Well. I like I like the dynamic. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Alright, so uh, let's see. I, you, you work for DC, and I, I'm sorry I didn't do my homework greatly, Did have you ever worked for Marvel as well?
5: Yeah, I worked for Marvel. I broke in at Marvel. Okay. I uh, worked on an issue. My first job was on Wolverine, and uh, I've worked on a lot of like uh, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, worked on Iron Fist when they had the Mortal Iron Fist coming oh, out, so that was a lot of fun. I'm
1: a big uh, fan of the Immortal Iron Fist, so... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've had a range of stuff I've worked
5: on at Marvel, um, not so much lately, mostly just DC in the past, like, six or seven years. Yeah. Uh, IDW, I've done some stuff for Boom on Adventure Time. Okay. Um, Dark Horse I've done quite a bit for in the past on, like, Buffy and Angel. Worked on his comic for the band. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, been, you've been everywhere. Yeah.
1: Um, is there a particular company that you that you like to work better with, or do they do they all seem kind of about the same? Well, them
5: are pretty good. I mean, DC's probably treated us the best, and that's why I've stayed with them the longest. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them are pretty. You know, there's ups and downs with all of them.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. So IDW. I mean, it's, it's relatively newish. Yeah. Have they been, have they been have they been
5: pretty good with you? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, been great.
1: They're, getting, they're getting a ton of license work. Sure. And so I kinda of jokingly at the store like, Oh, I like the new dark horse because they're picking up all of the different small groups. Yeah. Is there a lot of like you can't do this or you have to do this that comes with that? Uh you know, with anything
5: that you're working on license stuff, you have to sort of you have your editors you go through at the company and then you have people at the actual network that oversee it as well. So you get notes from all over, from everyone that wants to have their say in it. And that could be, you know, a little shaky at times. Um, yeah, different properties have different, you know, but for the most part, I think most of them have been pretty easy yeah. to work with. Yeah.
1: So, probably mostly common sense kind of stuff. Like, yeah. you can't have the Ninja Turtles cutting anybody's heads off. Sure, anything. exactly. <laughs> yeah, they okay. let
5: you know up front what you can't do. You know, some of them actually print out guidelines, to say, here's what we like, here's what we don't and then you sort of know when you're pitching story ideas which ones you know, they'll go for and which ones they want. If
1: you're trapped on a desert island and you can only bring five things with you as a part of the top five theme, what would you bring? Something My girlfriend.
5: That would be one. All right. Uh, uh, so you got to have food. you got to have a little entertainment. So, you know, you, I'd have to pull out, like, some nice comics in L.A. Get some type of... Electrical reception, so you can watch some TV, some movies. I don't know. there's, there's got to be five in there somewhere.
1: But I'm sure there. Sure
5: <laughs> so it'd be like high living on your desert island. This probably well, it tells a lot about my lifestyle. <laughs> it's just right, right in within those five. You know,
1: yeah, works out. Works out well. And the last one. If you were in a fantasy land, would you ride on a chocolate pony? I definitely eat a chocolate pony. I don't know if I'd
5: ride on one. I can understand that. Yeah. But see, this might be because I've not eaten all day at the convention, so like, oh, no. food right now is like, I'll eat it. If a chocolate pony <laughs>
2: rode
1: up right now, I yeah. can eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're making me hungry doing this.
3: Interview. Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> also look forward to...
0: Humberto Ramos. And...
1: George's genty. also the world famous
0: Ryan Otley, and Dan Scandal, Scandal, Scandals. scandals? I, can't, I don't know how to say his name. Chicati, Chicati, Dan Chicati, Dan Shakati, That's right. So you had to put some English on on the end of the Chicati. That's what I. That's what I was told. All right. And Mr. Jake Parker, with Lila de Deluca. Lila Deluca. Also Del, featuring... Del, Del Duca. Del what? Del Duca. Del Duca.
1: Lila Del Duca also featuring Eric Tyler. Yeah, Eric Tyler and Lila, they're the ones who did the... the they're doing Prometheus Project, Prometheus Which Project. is his very his very first book. It's his first book, yes. And, and Lila Deluca is also doing... I'm sorry, Del Luca is also doing what, Shutter, and then she's the artist for Prometheus Project. Or the Pantheon project. Pantheon project.
0: Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, like Pantheon, Pantheon project. Okay. Pantheon project. I was project. going to ask if it was like a tie-in to the uh, movie or anything like that. No, or if it was separate.
1: No, this is this is its own thing. Cool.
0: Yeah. So good, good interviews. To look forward to. Uh, I would say, uh, most of them were pretty fun interviews and awesome. Pretty much everyone we talked to this this last weekend was was great. Uh, just in general, I can say I don't think we talked to anyone that was. Yeah, no, I don't think we talked to anybody with those suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not
4: at all. I mean, they were all really cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and I, I think,
1: like, uh, I mean, Eric Tyler, this is his first book. Um, Dan Ciccati, we were actually the first podcast to ever do anything with him. Right, yeah. So
0: were pretty cool. We rode on the bus with him a little bit, too. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It Sweet. It was way. nice. Wow. Is,
2: yeah. It was way nice of them to uh, donate all their time
1: uh, to these interviews. Right. It's true, yeah. They, they were they were very, very cool about working with us on all of it, so.
4: And you know, during the teardown, we're getting stuff ready to roll, everything's done, and Humberto Ramos came by. That was pretty cool.
0: Right, yeah. On the closing day, that was pretty cool. Came by and hung out for a little bit, took photos. Yeah, and we got to talk to a few of the other guys, and Pat Gleason, which at some point we're going to schedule something with him. He was just so busy. I mean, and he had the whole family with him. So, yeah, five, like, five kids. Yeah, man. How
4: does he do this? I, he's
0: <laughs> freaking amazing.
4: His wife must be a machine. <laughs> we Have to must, take care of all that.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. Some of his
3: top five things he's gonna have to choose on her. Choose your top <laughs> five kids.
0: <laughs> well, there's no room for the wife. Eesh. That's not
3: good. You're well, not supposed hero. to do that. You're
2: supposed to say you love them all. They each have unique Such... talents. Oh, trick question, Craig. right. You know, um, don't give quest... it in
4: to him. The
2: love them all right. equally, but if you have to ask, you know you're not the favorite. Oh, that
0: makes <laughs>
4: sad. John Lehman, he, he was pretty busy. <laughs> I talked
0: to John, too, for a little bit. That was pretty
4: cool. Uh... And I did speak to Yannick Paquette.
0: Oh, right. swap yeah, thing. Swap and
4: yeah, he, was, uh, he was really cool. I kind of thought he was, might be a little Crazy. hard hard to, hard to uh, you know he's kind of hard to approach right but when I start talk, start talking to him and I talked to him about that issue with the issue before the last issue during the rot, rot world when the art changed oh, drastic, right, right, yeah. he explained that whole thing oh, how right that worked right. and how he wanted he, he had a choice he had to make a choice that he wanted to do the last one instead of that one. That's cool. Because of some of the some of the detail that he wanted to put in, some of the emotional stuff, the human, right. human side of the stuff. Yeah, he's he was really actually really cool. So take the clothes
0: instead of take the one before. That's cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, so yeah, look. I mean, look forward to those next next few podcasts. We'll try to pepper them in there as we go. Rob, you got some books to look forward to?
1: Oh no, shoot, um... books to watch, Rob. <laughs> Uh, continuing the Big Trouble in Little China, which should be fantastic. Um, Iron Fist, I imagine, is going to continue to be awesome, so. <laughs> I Do like the Iron Fist? Uh, we're going to have Grayson here pretty soon, and hopefully Teen Titans will turn around and be fantastic, so...
0: Mr. Mike?
4: I would have to say Hawkeye if it ever comes out again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Shutter, wow. obviously. Right. It's been, uh, I mean, it's been crazy. Gan- gangster lions. You can't beat that.
0: It is very crazy town, but it, it's 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 fun.
4: Um, the deadly hands of kung fu. Not digging the art so much, but the story so far has been pretty cool. As the old, like that, it that so old far. old shang, you know, feel to old the old master of kung fu feel to it. Right, right. Um obviously Batman.
0: Right. So. Fantastic. Ger- Craig. Who am I again? Craig. Oh, okay.
1: Wayne. Wayne. Bill? Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Craig Wayne.
2: <laughs> oh, um, look forward to Sandman Overture whenever it, it comes, comes out. out did it come out recently? No. no, no. He lied to me again. No. Well, I guess two is kind of recently. Yeah, when well, you say recently, like, you mean like two a months couple ago? months ago? Yes. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> we'll the director's version. version. The director's version? Yeah.
0: Oh, of number two. Oh.
2: <laughs> well, then look forward to the director's version of Sandman Overture
0: number two. Yeah, being that it came out, you can probably get it at the store now. But number three, Someday. <laughs>
2: someday.
3: <laughs> Coming
0: to the store near you, maybe. Eventually.
4: Right. When dreams. Do you stop. <laughs> Come. Ross? Uh, the Cartoon Network
3: Super Secret Crisis War. Super book. Secret
0: Crisis War. Yep. You are madman. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It is this
2: uh, another tie-in like uh, they do with their uh, with their contagions
0: and stuff?
3: Yeah, this is like their big crossover between all their books, and it's lasting like six months or something crazy oh, too. Is there Johnny Bravo in there,
0: Ross? Yep, there's yeah. a Johnny
3: Bravo book. That's what, what I like. A Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends one shot,
0: would
3: mm. <laughs> be cool. Good stuff. Yep, and then uh, just keep Batman and Robin. Right. Yeah, they, the, they got the big. Uh, Robin
0: rises coming up. It's very true. Things are getting ready to pop in that book. Yeah, Pat
4: Gleason. Did he? he when I was talking to him, he mentioned they said you be said be prepared. Check that out. It's gonna nuts. So, but That's he didn't awesome. say anything else.
0: Obviously, well, I'm sure he wasn't probably allowed to. Good stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, as far as far as books to follow suit, I say check out Cal. So I really did like it. I'll, I'll give you. I don't remember all the names, but I, I really did like it. It's good stuff. Um, they
2: were so good.
0: Steve forgot most of well, all the, the characters I mean, just, in it. It's not I mean, that's not totally true. I remember I remember John and that he looks a whole lot like Sinestro because he does. It's <laughs> true. Awesome. Anyway, uh, so I'd say Cal. Um, man, Batman's still great. Then just change there. And Batman Robin, of course or Batman and, depending on what month it is. Um, it's and, good. huh? It's going
3: to be Batman and Robin again here soon. Right, it's going to dial back. the name back to, just Batman
0: and Spoilers. Robin. Spoilers! Yeah, it's not. we we'll just change the name back. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um, something I look forward to, but I don't think it'll ever happen. So, uh, one of the, this is just a little blur, but I'm sure I'll mention it later. So, uh, I was talking to John Layman, and, uh, his editors at DC have moved to Marvel and we were talking about that for a second and uh so I, I told him the book that I wanted to see him on at Marvel was uh was Moon Knight and being that we're going to have some artists and writers shakeups for the next couple months with that one I'd be real happy if I saw John Lehman on it so uh you know hey if you people know people
1: write things that could that could be really cool it'd be freaking that would, awesome that oh uh, yeah
0: the, the guy I'm
4: who? in I'm, I'd be in yeah
2: was that a hint?
0: I'm just saying that if it happens... you got to keep it on the download. low. It, it, it's my idea first. Uh, I'm just saying. Okay. You, put, you
4: put that thought in his head. That's
0: what I
1: do. <laughs> Rob? I can't remember his name, so this, it won't be a very good uh, thing. But I know Jones, the guy who's working on uh, Young Justice, has wanted to do Daredevil, or uh, Moon Knight for a long time. Oh, yeah? So Christopher Jones, Christopher, Christopher Jones. Jones. So you can yeah. get him over there with layman
0: and boom, people that'd will be, be happy. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because he's wanted to do uh, Moon Knight for a while. So Sands in San Diego, we should look for Christopher Jones and try to make that happen. Sure, a little love connection in there.
4: Because the the, the no, current about, uh, yeah, creators yeah. that are on that book and they're leaving that that's made a, that's a huge deal that they're leaving. Yeah, people, people Well, people are making it. a big deal. Yeah,
0: out it. I don't think I don't think Woods going to be bad on there at all. It just people people freak out whenever a book like that starts, and it's like, oh, it's going to be so great because Cartheneus, blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, and yeah. then he's like, oh, you know, by the way, I only do five issues.
4: <laughs> and then Alice and the and the artist, I can't remember his name, Shelby. Shelby, yeah. Leaves, uh, yeah. Well,
0: I mean, they're moving the team together or whatever, and they're both going to do whatever else they're going to do. So that's not any different than anything else ever. But being that there's going to be a little bit of shifting in there. I'm not saying it'll be bad. I don't think it'll be fine. Yeah. But if we get a layman in there, that'd be pretty cool. Okay.
2: I forget. Is Enos a, wi- a wizard, too, or is he just special? No, he just
0: got a weird name. Oh, he's just yeah. special.
4: Uh, he's also, don't to forget to check out size. the Pantheon Project. I mean, I haven't read it yet. I've right. got it. But the premise, the way they were talking, it sounds, it sounds right, cool, yeah. cool as hell. It, it. Try
0: to look it up online. And uh, if you get a chance, check out uh, um, Jake Parker's website. Yeah. I want to say it's... I think it's just Jake Parker, actually. He's uh, got a book he's getting ready to p- push. Um, it was called Space Skull, and you have to change Skull the name. Skull Chasers. Skull Chasers, is that yeah, what it is It's an
3: online one right now, so you, right. can, you can go online and uh, read it right now. Yeah, so
0: check out Skull Chasers. Uh, awesome. Got and
4: great. Enormous. That's coming. Oh, out.
0: yeah. Enormous. They're, They're going to continue idea.
4: that. That that should be awesome.
0: Right. The book and then uh, also the web series following it. So look for it on YouTube for the web shows.
4: Yeah, it, it's interesting.
0: Very much, yeah, it is. Good stuff. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think for this time.
1: Tiki?
4: Tiki! 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 Can't help you. Tiki!
2: I'm
4: not doing it. <laughs> you, you think darkness
3: is your ally. Tiki! <laughs> <but laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, We have the Steve imitation of Curtis imitating Mike. <laughs> and and you know that went on. Limitation. That went on all
4: weekend. That was the theme. Right. The Bane. Thing, the stuff. <laughs> and then <laughs> we also watched. <laughs> Don't forget, Bane Cat episode two. Oh, that's true. Um, yes, yeah.
1: Bane Cat episode two it's is right. out. Oh. This is us signing off from the shores of madness, where the lobsters creep and scorpions sting themselves to death in their sadness.